Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Yeah, just like the man said, here we are, those weekend golf guys. Although this week it's here I are. Or here I am. Here we be. Whatever. Uh, it's vacation time. So rather than throw something together that may or may not entertain you, we decided, hey, one of us should work. So here I am, John Ashton in studio, and we got a really great show. We have three guests that we have had before, but these are all brand new conversations. We're going to start off the show with uh, uh, talking about a new golf course in Florida. It's probably one that you'll never get to play unless you're a friend of Michael Jordan's. Yeah, that Michael Jordan. It's called Grove 23, which makes sense if you stop to think about it. But we're going to start this week with an in-depth conversation with Bobby Weed, the golf course architect that designed this course and a whole bunch of others. And we're going to talk about this project, a few of his other projects, and we're going to talk about some tricks that makes for a great golf course design. All right. And you've heard us talk about the Encore Golf Ball Company, right? They are a boutique golf ball manufacturer up in Buffalo, New York. We've played and reviewed and, and really liked their Avant and Elixir models. We told you about them. Well, today we talked with Steve Colton, the head honcho from Encore, about their brand new four-piece tour ball. It's called the Vero X1. And if you play top-of-the-line tour-level balls, which you should, really, um, you should give this one a try or at least hear Steve explain how it works, okay? And then and, and make your decisions. Whoa. Where'd I learn to talk? Make your decisions from that point on. And finally, have you ever visited the Golf Heritage Society online at golfheritage.org? You know, we've had Dr. Bern Bernanke on before. He is the president of the Golf Heritage Society. You go there at golfheritage.org and you'll learn a lot about the game, the history of the game, and some of the more interesting personalities, one like John Brooks Dendy. Dendy was an African-American golfer from Asheville, North Carolina. He won 57 championships. And uh, he got the attention of Ripley's Believe It or Nots one time because he was playing an exhibition uh, in Atlanta, I believe, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. That's where it was. In 1933, Dendy uh, just barely arrived in time, didn't even warm up. He went straight to the first tee. And without warming up at all, he cut the dog leg on his drive. It was a 342-yard par-4 opening hole. Yeah, he aced it. He played the next three holes in two, three, and four, all of them birdies, and finished the day with a score of 59. He had a one, two, three, four, six under par start. One of the cool stories you're going to hear, we're going to talk to Bern Bernanke, president of the Heritage Golf Society, a little later on. Stick with us. It's going to be a great show. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golfguys. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Doing business in the age of COVID-19 has got to be different. You need a leg up, and I've got uh, I've got the perfect thing for you to do. All right? First off, golf. Golf is the best way to build trust quickly with clients and prospects. But now, you can't go out and actually meet potential clients and prospects in the age of COVID-19 and do the networking and hand out the business cards and all that. No. I have two tools that will expand your business. Even in this age of don't touch me, go away, it's COVID-19 restrictions. 
The first one is golf. The social distancing is still there in golf. You can play golf. You can take customers and potential customers out to play golf. Build trust quickly. And you can also have a business card that's a digital tool. It'll allow you to engage faster with all those potential clients, giving you more time to play golf with them. I see how this allows me to play golf. I mean, you're helping me to increase my business. How does it improve my golf game? Let me tell you, we'll work that in too. But when you register with my Go Cards to help increase your business engagement and growth, I'm going to throw in a special deal. Well, okay, Jeff's going to throw it in to the first 100 who sign up. So if you want to receive your My Go Card and that special Special video from Jeff, then text golf guys to 64600. Again, text the word golf guys. One word, no spaces, 64600. You'll get a text with the info about this amazing tool. And when you register, we're going to send you Jeff's amazing video. Do it now. Golf guys, 64600. Welcome back. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys. I am John Ashton in studio and uh, sitting in a golf cart out in the middle of a golf course or a potential golf course. Working hard is uh, Mr. Bobby Weed, golf course architect supreme. Bobby, first off, welcome back to Those Weekend Golf Guys, man. Thanks for making some time for us out there. You bet, John. Good to be with you. So now you are a, a protege of Pete Dye. You've been doing a, a lot of uh, not only original design work, but but renovated golf work. And I want to talk about that for a little bit. How hard is it to go into somebody else's golf course and make some changes? Well, uh, it's complicated, but it's not complicated. Um, first off, it's easy to go see what's wrong mm-hmm. because you have plenty of input from um, committee, board membership. So it's fairly easy to ride around a golf course. You know the old saying, it's easy to be critical than correct. Right. <laughs> you, you can typically go in and on an existing golf course with some with some help from the superintendent or some of the long-standing members, understand some of the bottlenecks, some of the problems, some of the issues, whether it be agronomic, whether it be playability, aesthetics, infrastructure. You know, a lot of it is fairly obvious some of it you have to drill down a little bit more sometimes you need to you know get a drone up in the air and and get some footage and study it a little bit you know the best way i found is to play the golf course and get more intimately familiar Mm. with the golf course there's no better substitute than playing a golf course you can ride it you can walk it but until you play it you don't get the full feel Every golf course has some flow to it, but typically on renovations, um, you know, I don't want to go in on a golf course that's been designed by somebody that's still living without, you know, first letting them know that I'm coming on site. It's just professional courtesy. Sure. A lot of times these guys aren't around anymore, so it's hard to fully understand what their intent is, but playing the golf course typically brings and draws that out. John. But nonetheless, you know, if the call comes in and uh, you come down and take a look at it and, and, and the club contacts the architect, if the architect is still around to let them know, just common courtesy, professional etiquette sure. is the right thing to do. And then you can uh, make some make some suggestions and kind of go from there. How cool was it to work with Michael Jordan? 
Very cool. <laughs> now, do do you get having having been the the architect and designer of of Grove Twenty Three, which is such a cool name for a private golf course? Anyhow, now do you, do you think you'll be invited to play? Because I understand that it's his course; it's totally private, and you only play it if he invites you to come play with him. <laughs> well, that's probably true. Uh, I get a little bit of a pass, and, um, <laughs> and I pretty much have an open invite, open invitation. Can you bring friends? Whenever, that's what we want to know. Can you bring? Whenever I'm in South Florida, whenever I'm in South Florida, I'll I'll let them know. And uh, sometimes, you know, we're talking shop business, mm-hmm. talking about the golf course, or other times we're just playing golf. And I was fortunate enough to play with them on opening day. He wanted me to come down and join him and class that guy that he is, you know, just passionate about the game. A great day for MJ is 36 holes be done by mid afternoon, enjoying golf with his, with his pals, buddies and uh, members. So he's got a very, very exclusive club. Uh, couldn't be more proud uh, of the golf course, uh, of the practice facilities and the clubhouse. Just a, uh, going to be a great club for the membership as well and uh, like i said he's just so passionate about the game yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it's just uh contagious now, did you bet take any bets with him when you played that's i understand that's pretty dangerous you can typically get all the action you want <laughs> <laughs> yeah i heard that's true you live in florida you do a lot of work in florida is I would think Florida with, with a flat terrain and, and sandy composition in a water table so close to the top, it would be hard to, to build a golf course in Florida, isn't it? Well, it certainly has its challenges. Um, I will say anytime you can dig and work and shape and sand, you got to leg up over clay and rock and caliche and boulders and, and whatnot. But um, uh, it's not all sandy in Florida. Sure wasn't at the tournament players club at Sawgrass. We had to get through a lot of muck and organic, <laughs> and then only then did we find some pockets of sand. The key component in Florida, and probably on any golf course, it all starts with drainage. Pete told me early on, if it doesn't drain, it doesn't work. Right. And, um, yeah. A quarter of an inch of standing water is, is no different than than four feet of standing water. Figuring out how to get water off the property. Uh, and then draining the golf course uh, are all very key components. Nobody did that better than, than Pete Dye. And uh, so I had a I had a great mentor in that respect. Uh, couldn't have been any better, but it doesn't matter. You're going to have your challenges wherever you work, whether environmental problems, wetland areas, soil, vegetation. You know, every site has its constraints. And, um, you know, you have to work around the constraint and try to find the strong components of the site and incorporate that into the design. And uh, that's the challenge because every property is different. Every golf course is different. You know, we're not building tennis courts. And um, <laughs> so every time every time you move to a property, it's um, it's going to be unique and it's yeah. going to be challenging. Do you have a particular favorite geographical area of the country to work in? I have to be a little biased. And when I say I, I'm, I'm always going to prefer a pile of sand to work in, I don't, right. I don't think anybody would tell you any different. That's in, that's in my business. Uh, mm-hmm. You give them a pile of sand and uh, – you're gonna you're gonna have more opportunity in every respect. I worked in Charleston, South Carolina, back in the '80s, and wild dunes over there in the Isle of Palms was great, but it was totally built on sand. And I remember that the USGA kept kept saying they wanted to play the U.S. Open there, and the the gentleman who owned it said, "I didn't make up the name Wild Dunes. This is sand. I can't have thirty, forty thousand people walking all over my golf course." Was that Raymond Fancher? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it may have been. And then Raymond came down and did a 
golf course in South Florida, Emerald Dunes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but I'm from South Carolina, and I played that golf course when it first opened, and it was um, that was before any of the development. It's a completely different golf course today with development, but um, nonetheless, a good sandy site, a lot of great golf holes, and uh, Tom Pazio did that golf course and. And, yep. uh, and, and, and really did a great job and development was very successful as, as, uh, as was and, uh, and still today the golf course. For an architect, does it warm the cockles of your heart when like in Florida they're playing the, the amateur championship on one of your courses? Does that like speak almost like an award for you or is it just everyday occurrence? Well, no, it's always a, it's, it's always very gratifying for your course to play host, whether it's the Florida Open, whether it be one of the bigger amateur, amateur events or even a professional tour uh, event. It's very gratifying and it's, it's really, it's really good to see how those guys play your golf course. And, um, uh, I think it just helps you with your next design. And I've, I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of tournament venues both with Pete and on my own and also working for the PGA Tour. I think that only helps me better understand how to challenge golfers, not only on the professional level, but on every level, because you certainly don't want to be designing a golf course for a tour player unless that's the only thing that's going to occur on that golf course. Right. I think I think one of the first questions you have to ask when you're building a new golf course or even understanding on a renovation golf course, who's playing the golf course? What type of member are you going to have who's playing the golf course on a day-to-day basis because that's ultimately who you need to be designing the golf course for Mm -hmm. and you do you do that quite well sir i do want to uh, pass kudos along golf courses are evolving all the time Uh, i don't think anybody gets gets it right 100 percent on the first go round. every golf course is deserving of some tweaks and modifications you know donald ross lived at pinehurst number two he was constantly tinkering that with that golf course Mm -hmm. uh, right up until the time he passed away in in the late 40s you know you have jack nicholas up at muirfield you know they played two weeks back to back and the next thing you know he was tearing up the greens sunday afternoon uh, of the memorial if you're not assessing your golf course on an ongoing basis, you're probably going to fall behind. If you're fortunate enough to have a golf course that's hosting an event, then you are almost mandated to look at it a little bit closer mm-hmm. so that um, you can make make necessary changes uh, over time. Bobby, I know you're working, man, and I appreciate you taking some time to speak with us. Bobby Weed, golf designer, architect, builder, uh, all-around golf guru kind of guy because you play kind of well too from what i understand but we appreciate you taking some time with us here on those weekend golf guys thank you bobby why don't you follow us on twitter it's very easy just go to twitter.com we are at wknd golf guys grab your penis grab your popcorn sit back relax baseball is back there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home and draft kings the leader in one day fantasy sports is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for hundreds of thousands of dollars if you haven't tried it yet fantasy baseball is easy to play you just pick 10 players you stay under the salary cap and you pile up points for hits runs strikeouts and more there's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> baseball knowledge. Say, I ain't got it. Well, if baseball isn't for you, don't worry, because DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament, too. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, 
There is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You can't argue with the fact that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Which is why Club Champion carries every option for every golfer. You won't miss out on the perfect fit. Over 45,000 hittable head and shaft combinations from the best brands in golf. Factors like length, weight, flex, and more are just as important to a custom fit game as the club head. And they will all be addressed in your tour-level fitting at Club Champion. Schedule your fitting at clubchampiongolf.com. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You know, right now, in the year 2020, hiring is more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help make sure you get the best people available. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Now, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed's going to get you that important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed's offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash weekend. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash weekend. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. And welcome back to those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. We have a special guest, our favorite golf ball mogul, Steve Colton from Encore Golf. He's our favorite because uh, admittedly, he's the only golf ball mogul we know, but still, you're still our favorite, Steve. One of our customers recently uh, asked me to sign one of the, one of the new Vero X one balls, so I did feel like a uh, a legend and a mogul there. <laughs> I probably devalued the golf ball there. Yeah. So was it seven years ago you started, or seven years ago uh, we first tripped over each other in the halls of the golf show in Orlando? Probably closer to eight. Eight. Okay. And and in, in that eight years, you have developed at least three of the best balls in their class available anywhere. You've impressed golfers, both amateur and professional. I mean, you guys got Gary Player playing your stuff and saying great things about it. And I have a sneaking suspicion. He kind of knows golf. He, he does. And he's still, you know, breaking his age by (laughs) too many strokes. Um, He's, you know, routinely shooting par at 80. He's almost 83. Um, and just, just an incredible ambassador to have, you know, ton of credibility. Uh, we couldn't be happier to be partnered with him. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm always wanted to shoot my age, but I don't think I'm going to live to 102. So that's, you know, <laughs> that's a problem there. Uh, the, the Vero X1 that you just mentioned, it's brand new. It's just a tour level. Is that how you p- would classify yep. it? Or definitely, definitely a tour, tour quality golf ball. We're, we're launching it at $39.99. Okay. The price point, but it's, it's four piece golf ball, cast urethane cover. Perimeter weighted um, with our unique patented technology in that mantle layer, which for that for the average golfer, for the better golfer, just means more forgiveness off the tee, more fairways, more greens, uh, better scores, mm-hmm. and it's just a phenomenal all-around golf ball. Yeah, I I, uh, I got my first dozen. And I say my first because I got, I, you know, normally I say I got a dozen, but then I started playing it. And so now it's my first dozen. It, it does say limited edition. Is it is it going to be around forever or is it just like the box artwork that's limited? Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like the first run, I if gotcha. you will. Um, and then um, once we do our second production run, we'll, you know, it, it won't won't have the kind of experimental limited. Okay. So I should keep this box and maybe worth money down the road, huh? <laughs> you, know, you know, with your golf game, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Save them, John, because what the heck? You're just going to lose them otherwise. Um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm not going to make any claims. I'll, I'll let you make the claims. But I, I also recently just got a brand new driver, and it was fitted to me. My first ever custom fit golf club. They hooked me up and went to Club Champion, and they hooked me up with a, a Callaway Maverick. I have been finding in the two weeks I've been playing with it that uh, my average drive has expanded by about 20 to 30 yards. I used to be like every, you know, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I can get the senior discount at McDonald's if I need to, okay? <laughs> um, my average drive has been like, you know, 210, 220, like most amateur, you know, recreational golfers are. With this new driver, it, it increased to about 235 to 240 on average. I took your ball out the other day, and I tried it on one hole. It's a 311-yard par four. And at the end of my drive, I did the GPS reckoning, and I was 41 yards from the green. Wow. Yeah. Doing that math, I couldn't believe it. It was 270-yard drive. I've never hit one of those in my life. The ball flew. The ball rolled. I mean, it hit the ground and it just kept moving. I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. And I was playing with my brother-in-law and he was just astounded. He was like, who are you? <laughs> How did you do that? So I think the combination of the club, which gave me more, and then the ball, it's got to, it's got to be it because it's not me. I didn't magically learn how to how to swing faster or anything like that. Yeah, the the ball, the, the Vero is definitely uh, fast. It's it's launching. Um, a little higher than the elixir. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think it's going to give, you know, give people that, that little extra yardage and the control on it's incredible. We're getting, um, people just started getting their early shipments of it and, and the reviews coming in are really positive. And, you know, some, some people mentioning like you, you know, having their best driving rounds and, and just loving the ball, yeah. um, from to green. Yeah. We're going to make it in colors. Or is white the only choice? We will. So, um, yeah, it's it's always kind of a debate. I think the younger the younger guys in the office want more and more colors, and um, you know, our our uh, some of our senior leadership 
are, are more traditional and <laughs> in, in just wanting the, the white. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say about 40, 40% of our, of our sales are, um, either yellow or matte lime green. Mm. So it's, it's definitely something we're going to add. Just, just right now we've got it available in white, the right. mural, but both the elixir and the avant we've got in, in yellow and green. Yeah. How do you break down the, uh, the market for, for those, the three models you've got now, the Avant, the Elixir, and the, in the, in the Vero? Um, well, the Avant, we tend to promote the Avant for um, slower swing speeds, beginners, um, you know, junior golfers. Mm. And it's at, you know, 20 bucks a dozen, you can't go wrong. Right. So if you're someone that, um, you know, is worried about losing a lot of golf balls or spending a lot of money, um, it, it's a phenomenal ball. It's a, it's the two piece design distance ball, but it's got a nice soft cover on it. Um, and then we've got our, our tour golf balls. Now we, we used to just have the elixir. Um, and now with the Vero, um, that ball, we can kind of gear for the faster swing speeds. Um, not to say someone, you know, with, um, a slower swing speed, isn't going to see, you know, benefits of it. It's just, I think when we had the elixir, um, that was a phenomenal tour ball for slower swing players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the faster swing might've been a little handicapped by it, but not anymore with the barrel. So yeah. we've got really a ball for every type of golfer. Yeah. And, and market share has been increasing geometrically with you guys. I'm, used to be, I didn't see anywhere. Now I see everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We might, we might be uh, following you around the, the internet with some of our retargeting. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we we do a sleeve um, trial program where for three three dollars and ninety nine cents, um, you can try either the Elixir or the Avant, um, and that that to be honest is is a loss a loss leader for us mm-hmm. because it costs us more than that just to ship it. Uh, not even factoring in the cost of the golf balls. So, uh, but that has gotten, you know, that has gotten a lot of encore golf balls out there. And, and once people try it, we know, we know they'll be back for more. Yeah, definitely. will. I mean, it's a great product, man. And you guys have worked your butts off um, for, for a while now. And uh, it's just nice to see, people with with ambition actually make it because the golf ball business is not an easy business to get into you have a few very large competitors that could throw tons of money i mean they could give their stuff away for a couple of years if they wanted to and and put you all out of business if they needed to you know it's it's kind of a um, brave of you to actually enter into that business yeah it, it's it's challenging and i think you know a lot of our listeners out there with with small businesses, um, you know, they face the same threats from you know the eight hundred pound gorillas. They're mm-hmm. they're in every industry, but you know, being being kind of a smaller boutique um, golf ball company, it's it's quality. You know, it's quality over quantity for us, right. Right. and and being able to put um, the expertise and the engineering and the advanced materials into our golf balls and, and only having three SKUs, we can make sure each product we launch is, you know, yeah. top of the line and something people are going to love. The best it can be. That's, yeah. That's it. Steve Colton, Encore Golf. If you have not tried an Encore ball, 
um, you got to try one. That's, that's you know, just my, my own humble yet nevertheless expert opinion. And uh, you can, uh, Steve, shameless self-promotion, easiest way for people to get your stuff in their own hands. Um, visit you at your house and steal your balls now. <laughs> That's why my address is kept secret just for that very reason. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, just, just kidding. Um, I would, I would recommend EncoreGolf.com. Okay. And it, it's Encore with an O, so O-N-C-O-R-E Golf.com. And everything, everything we sell is, is on there. So appreciate promoting us. And thank you for supporting us over the years, John. Oh, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. Ever you know, it's just just nice to know that you can uh, participate in some way with someone's success, even if it's just watching them grow. You know, it's like like you know, uncles watching their 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 family's kids grow up. But anyhow, uh, it's it's been a pleasure uh, working with you and continue uh, working with you. Hopefully, throughout the, the the coming years and continued success to you and the company. You got anything else in the drawing board, or you're going to take it easy for a while and just try to make these three skews work? We, you know, Keith, Keith Blakely, our chairman, he's, um, he's always working on something new. So we, we've got some, um, um, some plays on, on AI technology in golf in instruction with a, a company called golf boost. Um, we're working on some things in the junior club market with a company called Epic. Um, we're still working on developing our, our genius ball, which will have the advanced electronics mm-hmm. and, and technology inside it. It's uh, taken a little longer than we've, we've liked, but we're, we're making some progress on that ball as well. So yeah, there's, there's never a shortage of things for us to work on here. Yeah. So. All right. Well, keep on keeping on, man. Steve Colton, Encore. And again, it's O-N-C-O-R-E, EncoreGolf.com. Get yourself a dozen or you know, just try that little sleeve program if you want to, and you'll be going back. I guarantee it. Steve, thanks for spending some time with us here on those weekend golf guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, John. All right, man. Dr. Bern Bernacki, the uh, president of the Golf Heritage Society. He's coming up next right here on those weekend golf guys. Hang out with us. Grab your peanuts, grab your popcorn, sit back, relax. Baseball is back. There is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. You just pick 10 players, you stay under the salary cap, and you pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> baseball knowledge. Say, I ain't got it. Well, if baseball isn't for you, don't worry, because DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament, too. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app right now and use the promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Promo code WEEKEND to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And welcome back. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. Have a guest with us, Bern Bernacki. Uh, should I put the doctor in front of it, or do you just want to go by Bern, sir? Uh, 
Uh, Burns fine, Dr. Burn, whatever. Depends on what you're asking. That's it. I got you. And we don't want to ask for any free medical advice either because, you know, we've just been we, – we have gotten our fill of free medical advice in the past few months, man. Okay. We're just going to talk about golf. You are the head honcho, the Golf Heritage Society. And we had John uh, about four or five months ago. Things have grown for you guys since then. Yes, John, thanks for uh, the opportunity to be with you today and your audience. Uh, we've been very, very busy with the Golf Heritage Society. Uh, the most important thing that we've done is um, reinvented ourselves with our, our new website. And our website is much more enjoyable for our members, more welcoming to our guests. And folks can get an idea of the f- members of ours who are collectors and certain uh, calendar events for play and, and gathering. So, yeah, we've been pretty busy. A lot of people think golf heritage, they start thinking, you know, featheries and, and hickories shafted golf clubs and stuff. But you don't have to be into that to uh, A, be a member or B, enjoy <laughs> what you get to offer over there. No, I think that's a great uh, point, John. In fact, the Golf Heritage Society, we, we want to really help people appreciate the game of golf in a thousand different ways. Some of the folks are avid collectors of antiquities. And other folks really are historians who revel in the U.S. Open or the Ryder Cup and the history they're in. We have a lot of folks who are authorities within their own right, uh, non-academics, but honest to goodness, golf lovers who've made it a point to really know and understand either those collectibles or those historic uh, events uh, people, places, and things, we like to call it. Is it true or is it a wives' tale that there are 18 holes in golf because there's 18 shots in a bottle of scotch? You know, I wasn't there, but I'd like to kind of <laughs> walk with him a bit and figure it out. Yeah. But, Put it to the but, test. <laughs> but, but, but I do know that some of those old courses had six and seven. And, you know, I was just reading about the original open or one of those original opens, and they had it on seven holes. And they hmm. went around a few times. So uh, there's a lot of history uh, to all of us to discover over the course of time. Right. Do you guys enjoy like movies like The Greatest Game? Are they historically accurate? Do you enjoy watching the, uh, the, the modern take on something like that? Absolutely. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, some of our people were consultants uh, to the uh, d- play sets, design sets mm-hmm. of the movie. And as a matter of fact, if you watch closely, when they go to set up their ball and they make a, a tee, they're using a sand mm-hmm. tee. Yeah. With a mold. One of our members was asked to prepare the molds and he made a wooden mold uh, with a little plunger that would give the perfect santee. Mm-hmm. Yours truly purchased the mold that was used in the movie. And yeah, it's a it's a fun little item that I have as part of my collection that relates to that very movie. Yeah. I, I always like the attitude. It was played at the country club, period. That's what they call it, you know, Brookline, Massachusetts. Well, country. back in the day, that, that was the case. If you went to a different state in a different county, you know, it, it was um, yeah. the, the game of the wealthy. So it was yeah, the country indeed. club. Yeah, indeed it was. Tennis is a, is a French game. Golf is basically a Scottish game. And someone once told me, you got to remember when you call golf a game that the, the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. So... Uh, <laughs> It's a heck of a point. (laughs) 
Yes. Now, before we went on the air, you were talking a little bit. I think a very interesting story about Connor Lewis. You want to reiterate some of that for us? Connor Lewis is a historian, and uh, he, he's a, one of those fellows that dived in deep and uh, learned a lot about the old game and equipment and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a, a member. He's coming on our board, and he's a, um, a director of a group called the Society of Golf Historians. He, he's uh, gotten together with uh, oh, a few thousand of his uh, Twitter and Facebook pals to, uh, again, uh, talk the history of the game of golf. It is fascinating how I guess ancient would be a proper word. I mean, we're talking what 1300s. There was some semblance of the game being played. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion as to um, whether the the uh, the, the Dutch uh, played on the ice and and had uh, certain tools and equipment um, that would be uh, really forerunners of the game. And I, I think it's acknowledged that uh, there's a lot of places uh, across the globe that have uh, ancient golf or things that could be be described as an equivalent or a precursor to our uh, now uh, modern old game. Yeah. When when you guys start to really study the the origins of the game and things like that, do you think that the technological advances are improving the game or are they, they kind of turning it into a different game altogether? Well, I'm, I'm guessing that you answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of us that take a break from our uh, uh, very forgiving driver and uh, irons and go out and whack around a gutty ball, which is a solid ball, mm-hmm. uh, with a pre-1900 hand-hammered by a smithy, uh, smooth face, heavy iron, uh, but when you hit it perfect, it goes perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, golf is golf. And uh, when you hit that ball, it, it it may only go 122 yards full blast <laughs> and not 300. But, uh, you know, the courses, we make them shorter and the mm-hmm. greens, we grow them longer so that the uh, replica uh, experience is, is there for all of us to enjoy. Yeah, but again, I think when you hit it perfectly is the operative consideration there. <laughs> You are right. <laughs> Somebody once told me he he, he hits blades. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> you, know, you try to hit blades, but no, exactly you, you right. don't hit blades. It doesn't work that way. Um, in fact, I, I was telling people earlier that uh, I just was fitted. First time in my life, I was custom fitted to a driver. I hit a 270-yard drive. You know, I can qualify for the senior discount at McDonald's. I've never hit a 270-yard <laughs> drive in my life. That's fantastic. Technology can overcome ability. Well, it certainly helps. Yeah, it certainly helps. Yeah. Now, even the grips were, I mean, just like wrapped leather, weren't they? You just. That's exactly right. You know, and uh, some of the folks would build up the uh, grip by putting a strip of wool underneath it and building it up for those uh, for those uh, thicker grips. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you when you see an old golf club hanging there, and it's a, a truly an old club, and you'll see what looks like a, a sheepskin, and it's basically kind of tattered, maybe falling apart. That's the club you don't touch. Yeah. Uh, that's the club that you want to hang it. There are two mm-hmm. kinds of old golf clubs, hangers and bangers. Okay. The hangers, you just look at them and, and appreciate their history and maybe who made them and where. And, and those bangers, they're common clubs. We're going to break the shaft. We're going to fix them up and mm-hmm. play them again. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the identifying feature of that very old grip uh, and that smooth face, heavy hosel tells you that that's a pre-1900 club and one of those ones that, boy, you have to ask yourself twice whether you want to restore that or just admire it for a while do you know when the lathe was invented 
I do not. And how's that for a quick answer? How do they get round shafts out of hickory wood before they had lathes? Well, all I can tell you, John, is um, when you look at a uh, uh, a shop, uh, Tom Morris shop over mm-hmm. in Scotland or one of those, yeah. what you'll see is a lot of hand tools, hand drills, and all these uh, amazing tools. And at a yard sale uh, just this past week, I happened to see something that had a uh, about a one foot, two handles, and a sharp blade facing me. And my wife said, what the heck is that? And I said, well, if you put this on a on a block and you just draw it toward yourself, it's a, a hand planer. Mm-hmm. And before they had the lathe, that's what they used wow. to make those shafts. Wow. So, Took I mean, a while. Get, yeah, and getting a set of clubs in the pre-1900s, 1800s, 19th, 18th century, I mean, it, it had to be a, a work of love, basically, on, on the part of the guy who built it. And pride, my friend. Yeah, yeah those that's why those uh, stamps are on those old uh, woods, those long nose and those irons, and why those families, the Forgans and the Morrises and such, yeah, they're, they're uh, quite, uh, quite proud of their work. Yeah. I, I used to know before he uh, passed uh, Mike Just here in Louisville with the Louisville Golf Company. You folks still do some have some sort of relationship with the company, don't you? Great friend, Michael. Michael and I played in a uh, tournament against our Canadian friends. And mm-hmm. uh, on the 16th hole, the drive went a little to the right. And the 17th hole, not as far and a little further to the right. Michael said, give me that club, Burn. I made that club, and I think you broke it a <laughs> hole ago. And I shouldn't have let you hit that last one. But, yes, Michael um, has um, – uh, passed on and uh, the company uh, survives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville Golf is um, taken over. Its company is still making clubs, uh, both the old clubs for us in replica form and the uh, persimmons and blades uh, right. clubs as well. Right. Yes. And they still have the um, persimmon driver that Payne Stewart used to win, I think it was 1999 US Open. The last, the last one actually persimmon clubs were really used well i'm just going to throw one plug out there for louisville golf um and jeremy wright uh he, mm-hmm. he's a brilliant young man an exceptional player uh with uh, both the hickories and the modern game and you know michael invited us all to a uh to a tour of his uh, Louisville shop mm-hmm. where all these clubs are made. And it is fascinating to see how those uh, fancy face clubs were made. The, the shafts for the wooden clubs were made, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Just fascinating stuff. Oh yeah. I, I took a little tour myself a bunch of years ago and it was like, wow, you know, it, the, the workmanship, I, I couldn't see playing with it. I mean, I'd be afraid I'd break it and <laughs> it would just be, it would be a catastrophe. Again, I would just buy a set of clubs and just admire it from them. Well, you, you know what happens when we when we break them? We just fix them. Yeah, <laughs> That's all there is to it. Gorilla glue. <laughs> It'll fix anything. <laughs> Burn. How about some uh, shameless self promotion? Because we're running out of time here. How, um, how how does how do one join your organization? How do they get information? Where are you? And all that kind of good stuff. John, I'm hoping your entire audience will join the exciting Golf Heritage Society made up of players, historians, artists, and and all uh, those who love the game in a thousand ways. We welcome you to come to our website, golfheritage.org. It's the place to go to look around and get a feel for who we are and how we are and take a look at some of our old postcards and fascinating things in the way of collectibles and people that you want to meet. So join us at golfheritage.org. Fantastic. And how much longer are you going to be in charge? 
Well, I'm in uh, month eight. Uh, of 24. So I'm a third of the way through my tenure as president right. and our um, strategic plan is going well. We're very excited. There's a lot of outreach going on, collaboration with other golf centered societies, uh, the Donald Ross, Travis, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, the entire golf world is our oyster. Fantastic. You know, just a quick aside here in, in Kentucky and in Indiana, they make a big deal out of every golf course that was designed by Donald Ross. Specifically, like French Lick, it's the Donald Ross course. I played uh, at at a um, uh, the Biddeford Sacco Country Club in Sacco, Maine. They have a little plaque on the first tee. It says the first nine holes of this golf course were designed by Donald Ross, and that's the only mention. It's not on the scorecard. It's nowhere, and it's just like okay, well, it's in New England. It's probably one of about four hundred eighty-seven golf courses Donald Ross designed in New England, and that's he did a lot there. Yes. Yeah, that's just the way New Englanders are. You know, <laughs> if if it's important to you, you'll know it, and that's what counts. But Dr. Bern Bernacki, who is the president of the Gulf Heritage Society, you know, our door's always open, Bern. Come on in anytime you got anything, because uh, we love talking golf, uh, modern, ancient, in between, whatever. Well, we'll think up something for next time, John. Thanks so much for having me. You're quite welcome, and thanks for spending some time with us here on those Weekend Golf Guys. And hang out. We'll be right back. Would you like to get all this stuff a couple days early and totally commercial-free? We can make that happen. Patreon.com slash golfguys. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash golfguys. For as little as a buck a month, you can become a sponsor and a patron. And we would appreciate it immensely. If practice makes perfect then Club Champion is the nation's best choice for a custom-fit golf game. Their studios are designed with one goal in mind, helping you play better golf. They don't sell apparel, they don't offer lessons, or they don't spend time on anything other than understanding, fitting, and building equipment. Club Champion is the number one fitter in the nation. Schedule a tour-level Club Champion fitting at clubchampiongolf.com and start improving your golf game today. And welcome back. We appreciate you hanging with us this morning. Now, remember, you can always hear anything you missed or anything you may want to listen to again by just going online to thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Also, if and when these COVID-19 restrictions are lifted and life gets back to normal, you may find that the way you do business has changed forever. The more traditional methods of finding new customers may no longer work, but you know, business golf will always work to help find new customers. And once the follow eyes, we foresee more and more golf courses adopting to uh, social distancing and, and creating new ways for business and philanthropic organizations to get back to raising money through these uh, golf charity scrambles. I'm sure you already have participated in many scrambles, but I'm going to break it to you. You've been thinking that these can help your business, and you're right about that, but you've been doing it all wrong. Business golf is a special brand of golf. It needs to be taken seriously. It needs to be studied. You need to do it right, and you'll have customers for life. You do it wrong, and you can create a rift between you and any prospect or customer that could be irreversible and hard to fix, too. (laughs) So please go to businessgolfcourse.com and just register your interest. And what we will do is help you learn to navigate the pitfalls of business golf easily and properly, and we'll give you uh, one killer technique to make any and all charity golf scrambles that you participate in very profitable. A very profitable day on the course for you and profitable for your company and you personally well beyond that one day on the course too. And then on a related note, we uh, we have a new sponsor. 
think you heard about them uh, earlier in the show. Uh, we want to welcome them and we want to reiterate to you my go-cards. Uh, you know, with the new normal of less in-person interaction and more online business exchanges, you will really probably should be the first in your field to use the MyGoCard digital business card. You can check them out at golfguys.getmygocard.com. Go there. See how the product works. If it makes sense for you, I got a deal for you. Text the word GOLFGUYS to 64600 and make sure golf guys is one word with no spaces. Okay, and what will happen a few seconds later is uh, you'll get some info on how the My Go Card can work for you and your business immediately. Plus, we'll send you a free copy of Jeff Smith's most popular video, The Hinge and Thump Method, which is a foolproof technique to extricate yourself from any bunker you find yourself in. You get out the first time the ever time, okay? And make more money with a digital business card. Info on My Go Card and that free video from Jeff Smith. Just for taking a look, text Golf Guys to 64600. Follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash golf guys. And again, those weekend golf guys, you can hear a podcast version of the show anywhere podcasts are heard. Everywhere podcasts are heard. Pick up a club, take a lesson, whether it be an old club or a new club, a new ball or an old ball, and go out and play some golf. In this week's bonus material, we go back to the first weekend of August in 2016. And Jeff's going to explain for the umpteenth time and louder for those in the back, how to aim properly. Hey, thanks for hanging through the break. We are all those weekend golf guys. Uh, Audioboom.com, Golf Talk America Network, or just a simple search for those weekend golf guys. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Check out the website. Go to Facebook.com slash golf guys and like us there or follow us on twitter at wknd golf guys and you won't miss out on anything we're doing including some uh, some pretty cool videos that uh, jeff is putting together to help everybody learn now earlier in the show jeff mentioned his uh, his his run-in with a bunch of engineers yep. and and the uh, the the idea that if your club face is is to the right that's where the ball's going to go unless we're going to start swinging to the right at which point it's going to go to the left and and that just gets everyone confused but one of the things that really confuses people is when they set up being able to tell without attaching something straight to the club face and seeing where it points exactly where the club face is pointing does that make sense to you yeah yeah so here's a thought for you if you're really if you're practicing certainly not when you're on the golf course but when you're practicing you know, if you can't attach something to the face, you can put something down right in front of the face, like, say, a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You can leave the face of the club exactly where it is, knock the ball away. I do this with putting, and I do this with um, when I'm working with students out on the range, is if they're curious as to where that thing really is and what it looks like, I'll just take the, the long, skinny end of my, my cell phone and lay it down and put it right up flush against their face so that it, the phone extends outward into wherever it is pointed. And then I have them pull the club away and walk behind and look at that, and then they go, oh, <laughs> I didn't know I was that far off. And so you could do it with, um, you know, let's say you don't want to use your cell phone, but you want to, you know, use something else. Pick anything. Take a golf tee. Most people have those laying around on the driving range. Just take the head of the tee and press it up against the, the leading edge of the face and wherever that thing points is wherever the club face is pointed. It's a great tool. Everybody's got them. They're laying around all over the driving range. Pick a few of them up. Use them as 
you know, proof that says my club face is pointed here as it sits on the ground. So that way they can look at it and know what it is they're looking at and kind of calibrate themselves to that. Because most people, they th- what they think is straight isn't at all where they think they're pointed. Yeah, exactly. The, the perception that you get from over a club or behind a club or whatever when you set up is very far off from reality in many cases. Yeah, and, and the truth is, is that it's really delivery that we care about the most, but the truth is, is that for the most part, we are really good at aiming and delivering to about the same place. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, it's really about where you delivered it to. Right. I could aim 20 yards right of where I wanted my ball to end up and still get my ball to end up there all the time. Or I could aim at 20 yards left and aim it there because that's what happens when people are out there trying to play their slice. Mm-hmm. Creating their slice, but they're trying to play it. You know, well, my ball always curves right, so I'm going to swing this thing, aim this thing way left so that way I can play the accommodation. So, you know, what I'm saying about aim is it's really helpful, although it's not the end-all, be-all, but it really does keep people swinging and having their club face facing that way. And most people's brains work that way mm-hmm. in terms of, okay, here's this bowling alley that I'm trying to hit it down this lane. And right. I need to keep it between the gutters. So if they have this visual in their head that they're pointed in the same direction that the club face is pointed and that direction is their target zone, then they're all in pretty good shape mentally. And then they can try to deliver it back there and play good golf. But not every golfer does that, and not every great golfer does that. But nonetheless, the majority of golfers really probably ought to be doing that. Yeah. It's, again, back to the perception thing, because you and I have had the conversation numerous times that to set up for a, a, a good iron shot, um, the, the head of the club should be basically in the middle of my body, and the ball should be just a tad to the left of that middle line. And I had been doing that, and I had still been hitting it to the left. At least I thought I had been doing that. One day I got smart. One day I put the club behind the ball set up like I normally do and then just moved my body close and found out where on my body the, the grip actually hit. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was way front of center. So The grip itself? Yeah. Or the ball? The grip. Okay. So, so I was – could be front of center. Well, the – I had, when I held it straight, not when I was setting up okay. to hit, but right. when I held okay. it straight to see where the, the club okay. was, it was the only, you know, because the club head is not, I'm not going to get down that low to see where the club head is, touch right. on my body. But the, the club itself was in front of the center line of my body, even though my eyes saw it as being center or maybe even a little behind the club. Right. End. So I had to make that adjustment visually now. So now I know that when it looks like it's behind where it should be, it's where it should be. So I have a thought for you okay? so that you can kind of get your perspective back Mm because perspective is really, you think it's one thing and if it's really something different, your perspective is off. Yeah, exactly. All right. So in order to get your perspective back, let's say that you were going to, I don't know, practice. Uh, Okay. Let's say that. Let's say that just for conversation's (laughs) sake because the rest of the listening audience will probably actually practice. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to act like you're going to do it too. All right. I know this is a big stretch here. So let's just say that you were going to take a club and you were going to put it underneath your body, bisecting you from left side to right. So your Mm -hmm. spine 
would be sitting over the butt end of that club. So it sticks out in between your legs, you know, like you would lay it down in between your legs facing the same direction your body's facing. And if you do that, then you'll know where the center line of your body is if you're not tilted or twisted. You just stand over that. And then what you would do is you would uh, put the club on the extension of that line of the club that's laying on the ground straight out in front of you. Mm -hmm. And then you would see the ball is either A, on the left side of it, B, somewhat touching that center line, or C, to the right side of it. Mm -hmm. Your ball position. Right. See it because you have a reference point. Right. So that would be a thing that people do when they practice. Gives you oh. feedback. Oh. I know I have to explain oh. this because it's like talking oh. to someone who has never done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all have our own ways of finding our, uh, our reference points and uh, getting our perspective correct. So let's think about other things. Let's say that you are not a practicer by nature. Okay. Oh, yeah, let's just let's, let's say a, that. A totally hypothetical situation. Right. How would you create the knowledge of where the center line of your body is? Well, let's see. Let's mark some points on your body that you know are in the absolute center. Okay? Mm-hmm. Your nose, sure. your mouth, yeah. your chin, belly button, your throat, your sternum, your belly button, the zipper mm-hmm. on your pants, uh-huh. and then you'd go right out from there, right? That's pretty simple. Yeah. That's the center line of your body. Yeah. And, you, and if you knew where the center line of your body was pointing, Well, then you're in pretty good shape, but that also means that your body, you know, like your shoulder line and your leg line, if you put a club across your shoulders and had a 90 degree line sticking out from, say, the center line of your body that I just described, Mm -hmm. actually see that you're pointed in line with your target Mm -hmm. and you could actually see the center line of your body and you'd know where you'd want to set the club and you'd know where you'd want to set the ball. That's kind of interesting. Those are for people who who would do that on the golf course um, to, to play better when they really didn't go to do it very often at a different location where lots of people go. <laughs> like a practice facility? Have <laughs> <laughs> seen one of those things? Yeah, yes, I have. have them, and they actually have special places that are, don't even have golf courses for people to go to do that. It's really- I, drive, I drive by one of them on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, do you hit the accelerator? <laughs> 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 Uh, in fact, there's there's even a practice facility at my favorite golf course that's um, that's on the way to the bar. So that's we'll just keep it at that. But but back to the uh, the the angle of the face. This is something I think bears repeating because if you set up and the face is pointed to the right, your ball's going to go to the left, or is it the swing that if you swing to the right, your ball's well, going to go to the left? Let's let's remember the simple facts of physics. If the club is pointed right, excuse at the me. Time it touches it. Excuse me. Yeah. Let me just preface this. I took physics. There okay. are no simple facts okay. in physics. All right. So let's let's say it this way. Let's say that the simple concept okay. of physics that if my club is pointed somewhere at the time it touches, that's the direction that my ball will leave the face of it. Mm-hmm. So if my ball, my club at the time it touches my ball is pointed to the right of the target line or the line of swing, the ball will leave that direction. Mm-hmm. But it's very possible that I'm having my swing go farther to the right 
of that target line and farther to the right of that face position. And then that will be my club swiping across the golf ball and spinning it back to the left. So it's very possible that my ball could start out to the right of the target line because my face is pointed there. And it could very possible for the ball to spin back toward the target because I'm swinging further right, otherwise known as a beautiful draw. Right, I was going to say, Jeff, Jeff has either just described how to hit a terrible shot or a wonderful draw. You can take it however you want to do that. It's, it's time to pull out the big sticks. Let's talk about drivers when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys powered by Golf Talk America. Don't you move. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 